Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? Um, probably like all the special and like all the episode. And like all the time. Today is Thursday, April 6th, 2023, National Burrito Day. Burrito Day! <laughs> Live moss. Throw one out of your car. Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't eat one, though. Don't eat one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get our scoreboard stumper. We'll do our flex seal. We've got two notable jabronis. We will get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Tom Browning. Uh, we've got our freezing cold take after we get our scoreboard stumper answer, of course. Yeah, we'll go to church, and we've got four shampoos. Yep. All the shampoos for our opening day special. All travel size. So, without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard. Stumper. Scotty. All right. So, we've got some baseball milestones coming up this year. Oh, yeah. All right. One of these three pitchers is only 114 strikeouts away from 3,000 for their career. Who is it? Is it Adam Wainwright, Zach Granke, or Clayton Kershaw? I'm going to go with Granke. All right. He's an old man. <laughs> they all are. They all are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm three and one this year, like our like our Reds. So we'll see what goes on. Yeah, first place. See what fate <laughs> presents itself. We'll get that stumper answer after the induction of Tom Branding. Moving on to our flex seal of the week. Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is newly acquired Oakland Raiders backup quarterback, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, they have like nothing but back- backup quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer. What if Hoyer beats him out? And Stidham. So you have three guys. Oh, you have three guys who all used to be Patriot starters. Yeah. <laughs> or or backups. He's just like collecting. <laughs> Josh McDaniels just collecting ex-Patriots players. Keep shopping, you keep shopping wish Patriot quarterbacks. Yeah, like you said earlier, he, he made Amendola a coach. Yeah, Danny Amendola's there. He's it's the returner's coach. The island of misfit Pats. Yep, there you go. In Vegas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into Hoyer stats. Basically, he's just like an old man the Patriots kept around because he knew the system. A good excuse to get, have a cheap backup so they could pay other players. Veteran presence, never bad, but uh, flex seal nonetheless. Yeah, Patriots should just trade for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. It'd be uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> All right, moving on to notable jabronis. First up, we've got Anthony Rendon. Yeah, no, the fan, like, I guess, called him a bitch earlier in the game. And so they were leaving after the game was over, and Rendon grabbed the guy by the shirt, like, like by reached the up neck into of the, the shirt, and grabbed his. And he's like, You call me a bitch, motherfucker? And, like, like seriously, was a bit, like, and he took a little bit of a, like, a swing at him, it was slightly yeah. playful. That insult to injury, he swung at him and missed. <laughs> yeah, like, at a fan. Like, okay, Anthony Rendon used to play for the Nationals. You used to play against Phillies fans. You've been called much worse than a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Like, like someone's throwing a battery at you. Shut up. 
All right. Anthony Rendon, we are done with you. Yeah, enjoy your suspension. All right, we got one more baseball jabroni here. Mets pitcher Carlos Carrasco. <laughs> he got a pitch clock violation on his first pitch of the season. He didn't even throw the pitch. So <laughs> for his first pitch of the season, he didn't even throw. It was just a ball because it was a violation. Um, they ended up throwing they ended up having more pitch clock violations than hits in the game. Jesus. And a 10 to nothing loss to the Brewers. Uh Buck Showalter after the game, just making excuses. Everybody's going through an adjustment period, he said. It's umpires, it's clock operators, it's us. It's the teams we're playing. You'd better figure it out because it's not going away. You know, I mean, you can make a case that everybody's learning and growing. No one else had more pitch clock violations than hits. No. Like, so you could try to say this is like a league-wide thing, but... Come on. That's like a mid-season Pittsburgh Pirates thing to do. It's a very all-lives-matter <laughs> argument you're making. Like, yes, all-lives-matter, but... <laughs> there's a reason that you are being highlighted here, sir. Ball one. <laughs> all right. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, Buck Schalter, we're done with both of you. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Mr. Perfect, Tom... Thomas Leo Browning was born April 28th, my birthday too, Hmm. 1960. I was definitely not born in 1960. That's right. Uh, In in Casper, Wyoming. Tom was born in Casper, Wyoming. Okay. His parents divorced when Tom was a child, and after his mother remarried, they and his four siblings relocated to upstate New York. Browning knew early on that he wasn't a pure baseball player, but he became a solid pitcher and played college baseball for Lemoyne College in Syracuse, New York, before subsequently transferring to Tennessee Wesleyan. Tom was never a top prospect, but as he put it, quote, I couldn't rely on natural talent because I didn't have much of it. I wasn't the hardest thrower, the fastest runner, or the most gifted athlete, but I had a solid and durable arm, and I worked hard, end quote. The hard work ultimately paid off when the Cincinnati Reds drafted Tom in the ninth round of the 1982 amateur draft. In 1983, Tom added a screwball into his pitch arsenal while at single-A Tampa, and by 1984, he was in triple-A in Wichita. On September 9th, 1984, Browning made his major league debut where he worked into the ninth inning and allowed only one run to the Dodgers. Damn. He'd pitch a total of three times in 1984, finishing 1-0 with a 1.54 ERA in 23.1 innings. So good. Tom made the Major League Club in 85 as the fourth starter in the rotation. He was 7-7 at the All-Star break and was 9-9 after August 9th, but the next eight weeks could never have been expected. Browning amassed 11 wins and no losses in 12 starts. Jesus. He pitched two shutouts and went from a 500 pitcher to a 20-game winner, <laughs> making him the first rookie to win 20 games since Bob Grimm of the 1954 Yankees. Browning finished 1985 with a 20-9 record, a 3.55 ERA, and 155 strikeouts. But he finished second on the Rookie of the Year voting, losing to Vince Coleman, who stole 110 bases. <laughs> I mean, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a story for another day. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about Vince Coleman sometime. <laughs> Tom was a superstitious person who refused to shave between starts and was often photographed with a decent stubble. And he wore red underwear on the day of his starts. 
In fact, he led the league in game started in 86, 88, 89, and 1990. And from 86 to 91, he won 86 games and wore a lot of red undies. <laughs> Tom's personal career highlight came on September 16th, 1988, when he pitched the, the 12th perfect game in Major League history in a one nothing victory over, again, the Dodgers. Man. Browning threw 70 of 102 pitches for strikes and never allowed a full count on a batter and is still the only Reds pitcher to pitch a perfect game. Browning has, had flirted with a no-hitter three months earlier in June of 88, but his bid was broken up by Tony Gwynn with, with one out in the ninth. You Fucking Tony it. Gwynn. You guessed it, Tony Gwynn. Yeah. You ain't going to get him out three times in a row. We should do a, you should have done a stumper midway through the, through the, through the induction and be stumper. like, guess who it was? Yeah, Tony fucking I mean, the, the answer would be obvious if you said it was the Padres. Yeah, you'd be like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Bip Roberts did it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bipster. In 1990, the Reds went wire to wire and reached the playoffs for the only time in Tom's career. Browning secured a key win over the Pittsburgh Pirates in the NLCS, and the Reds advanced to the World Series to face Tony La Russa and the Oakland A's. Tom was slated to pitch Game 3 of the series, but late into Game 2, his wife, Debbie, went into labor. Tom left Riverfront Stadium to be with his wife at the hospital. But as the game moved to extra innings, he was called back to the stadium in case he was needed. Tom never left the hospital, and the Reds <laughs> ended up winning in the 10th. Hell no. <laughs> Tom took the mound for a crucial game three on the road in Oakland and recorded another win in an 8-3 to three victory. The Reds would sweep Skeletor and the A's, and Tom finished 2-1 and one with a 3.71 ERA in three playoff starts. Fuck you, Skeletor. Fuck you, Skeletor. You son of a bitch. Tom made his first all-star team in 1991 after a 10-4 start, but he battled injuries going 27-26 overall from 91-93. to 93. Forever a prankster, Browning snuck out of Wrigley Field during a Reds-Cubs game and spent a half inning with fans on the rooftop of 3643 North Sheffield Avenue in full uniform. <laughs> Reds manager Davey Johnson fined Tom $500, <laughs> which you know he probably just returned to him. <laughs> Browning was healthy in 1994, but during a start on May 9th, Tom's arm broke while delivering a pitch. It was a gruesome injury with spectators hearing an audible pop and seeing Tom's arm separate from the shoulder. Said Browning, I thought my arm was blown clear off my body. I couldn't feel it. He'd missed the remainder of the season and Browning, attempt and Browning attempted to make a comeback with the Kansas City Royals in 1995, but only started two games allowed and allowed nine runs. Yeah, wow. Damn. Tom Browning officially retired from baseball before the 1996 season began, finishing with a career record of 123 wins and 90 losses, a 3.94 ERA, and 1,000 strikeouts even, and 1,921 innings. Browning was voted to the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame in 2006, and in the same year, he wrote a book, Tom Browning's Tales from the Reds Dugout. It's good. <laughs> Tom would appear as both a broadcaster and pitching instructor for the Reds minor league affiliate, Dayton Dragons, as recently as 2015. On December 19th, 2022, sheriffs responded to Browning's home in Union, Kentucky, and found Tom was not breathing upon arrival. Attempts to revive him were unsuccessful, and Browning passed at the age of 62. The Reds have announced that their 2023 season is dedicated to Browning. 
Tom was very much the embodiment of Cincinnati sports all rolled into one, gutting out 10 to six victories while still giving a team a complete game. Yeah. He led the league in home runs allowed three times in a four-year span, but he would also throw a perfect game and won a World Series in that span. Same one. Tom Browning's heart, determination, and grit were always on display when he touched the field, and Reds fans will continue to tell a story for years to come. And for that, Mr. Perfect, you are a legend. Thank you, Tom. Truly a legend. Yeah. That's easy, buddy. Um... Dude was fucking hilarious. He also, he hated Marge shot. I think it was equal. And um, he only would sign one-year contracts. He wouldn't, because he would hold out. (laughs) (laughs) But like he posted double-digit win seasons for like seven solid years in a row. Like the guy was just a horse. Yeah, it's funny that he wasn't an all-star till 91 because the year he went 20 and 9, he was just like seven and seven at the All Star break. Yeah, so, and he was a rookie, so no one really knew what was up. And then he ended up finishing so well. But yeah, he got Pete and Cavillia on the Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, bit. right. Uh, this, someone said, you know, there was a quote that someone said, like, no one will ever touch Doc, you know, uh, Dwight Gooden's seventeen and six and two hundred and something strikeout record. Well, it's like, well, you're only half right because Tom Brandon had twenty and nine, but he didn't. Oh, he didn't strike out as many as Doc. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at that rookie season for Dwight Gooden, that's like maybe the greatest season by any pitcher, rookie or not rookie, yeah, that ever happened. That was just unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, funny story. Uh, one of my friends in the music scene. Uh, you you might know him as Matt from Black Signal. They're kind of like daft punkish, but I had a meeting with him the other day, and he was telling me it was like right after he had passed, actually. So not the other day, but right after he passed, we were talking about Tom Browning. He's like, Tom Browning used to be my landlord. Oh shit! <laughs> in Northern Kentucky, and every once in a while he'd bump into his landlord, uh, drunk on Main Strauss, <laughs> just walking on the sidewalk like, hey, Matt, how's it going? And he said Tom was just like a wreck. He's like, that's my landlord, Tom Browning. <laughs> yeah, the Reds, the Reds did a tribute to him, and they're like, Tom often enjoyed a cold beverage. And you're like, yeah, you did. Yeah, he did. He snuck out of a game to go have a beer on top of the rooftop at Wrigley sure yeah. in full uniform. How cool is that? He did on Davey Johnson. He was kind of a strict manager. Yeah, well, Davey Johnson managed the, the 80s so you're not really a been through a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's seen a lot. So incredible, man. Hats off to you, Tom Browning. Yeah. Truly a legend. All right, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stomper, Scotty. It's killing me. All right. One of these pitchers is only 114 pitches away from the 3,000 strikeout club. Is it Adam Wainwright, Zach Granke, or Clayton Kershaw? And I just said Granke. It's Granke. Yeah, I just have a feeling that's all Granky's still playing for. <laughs> yeah, or to just mess with people's heads, too. Yeah. Right. Like, he's, he's at 2,886 after his start against the Twins. He had four strikeouts against the Twins. So he needs to play almost as well as Tom Browning on his rookie season, and he'll get there. Yeah. I mean, he'll just keep throwing those like bullshit 52 mile hour changeups on people, <laughs> getting them out of their shoes. Uh, I mean, I would have thought it was uh, Wainwright, but I forgot. Yeah, he doesn't strike out a lot of people. Yeah, 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 totally. Granky, uh, for what you want to say about him, has been He's pretty an artist. consistent. And in early in his career, he struck out a lot of Everybody. People. Yeah. <laughs> show. All right. So I'm four and one, baby. Yeah. All right. Someone who isn't as hot in our freezing 
cold takes. <laughs> Each week we recognize a hot take that aged like fine tuna. This week's freezing cold take is from Stephen A. Smith. Shocker, I know. He probably will be up once a month or so, I assume. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, he, he's so much fun to drag through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Just says dumb shit all the time. All right, uh, and this one, it was a message from, was it October? Uh, October 18th, 2022. He said on first take, he said, I've got the Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. Kyrie's going to be a leading candidate for MVP, and Ben Simmons will return to all-star status. Okay, so which one is the worst part of that? It's like pitfall after pitfall. Like, you know, are, like just are all broken up now, Durant with the Suns. Followed up with Kyrie Irving's doesn't even play for them anymore either and he's with Luca, and it's still not working out yep and the, the third part Ben Simmons that might be the worst at all three of them because he's just even more he's just a joke now I mean they're, they're saying they're saying you know in reference to Chuck Knobloch our first ever inductee they're saying he has the yips yeah I mean if you've got the yips and you're like dealing with it on your own damn that sucks but like Jesus this whole thing's just it, it's just all one giant Oh, yeah, we're not trying to rip on Ben Simmons necessarily. We're trying no. to rip on Stephen A. Smith for acting like anyone really ever comes back from the yips. <laughs> or, yeah, or, like, just amazingly wrong on everything. On everything. <laughs> it's like he had three he – took, he took three swings, and they all missed yeah. massively. It's so cold in here. What bro. an opening day special. It's so cold from all those swings and misses. <laughs> it's, the, it's the whiff of his it's back. It's the breeze. Yeah. He's creative. <laughs> I'm still feeling it from October. With all the <laughs> – <laughs> All right. Uh, that is quite the freezing cold take. Moving on to church. Uh, very sad church uh, today. Thoughts and prayers to Andrew Dodson. Uh, he died during football practice. Mm-hmm. In Somerset, Kentucky, uh, there was a clean hit. His head hit the turf, and they still said that it was blunt force trauma. Wearing a helmet and everything. High school player, yeah. Yeah, just awful for him. Sad story. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, sometimes, like, you know, it gets frustrating. Everyone's like, you can't even hit anybody anymore. It's not even football anymore. But when you hear stories like this, it's like, yeah, there's a reason it's all going this direction. You know, like, football is still very fucking exciting, uh, even without people, like, knocking the shit out of each other. Clearly, they need to scale it back even more. They'll find a way. You know, technology... They'll find a way with this helmet technology and things like that. But, yeah, thoughts and prayers to Andrew Dotson's family, I'm sure. You know, as a parent, it's like it's like your worst nightmare. I mean, yeah, there's – you got to think. There's just – there are so many people playing football. You know, we saw with DeMar Hamlin maybe this this year that, you know, there are freak accidents. And so – um, just hopefully you, changes are made, and it's yeah. not just thoughts and prayers, you know, no. as, as we like to say uh, with every incident. Like, let's make changes and save lives. Learn from our mistakes. It's, uh, yeah, helmets, pads, and awareness. That's right, baby. All right, so let's turn this uh, podcast around and get into our shampoo. Shampoo! Oh, yeah. All right, first we'll start with Liam Hendricks. Yes. Uh, he's going through his last round of chemo. Yeah, closer for the White Sox. That's right. Uh, he's, he has Hodg- Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
Um, really, <laughs> I actually have a funny story to tell about this. I was looking for closers because I did my fantasy draft last week, and I'm like, why the fuck is Liam Hendricks nowhere available on here? <laughs> like in like the top closer chart. And confessional. I, and, and Scotty can, didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna slip a confessional. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty didn't know. <laughs> Uh, it, it turns out Scotty did know. It's just that I just forgot that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, so shampoo to his last round of chemo. I know it's really cool to go like shampoo. to know that you're there. Hopefully that he can get past this. Yeah, I'm sure. To- I'm sure you're very excited, Liam. I'm sure your family's very happy. I'm sure White Sox fans everywhere are happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. And so is Scotty's fantasy roster. Yeah, right? uh, did you maybe. Sign him? No, maybe still on no, that. no, I haven't done anything like I'm that. I'm not gonna yet. shampoo that. Hard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's probably <laughs> that's probably you know one of the most uplifting shampoos we'll have. Uh, but we've got some more here. More, pretty rebel. Yes, pretty rebel. Shampoo. Pretty rebel. Uh, I'll just let you take this one. Away. Okay, so pretty rebel is uh, an adult film star and you know stripper. Uh, let's first of all clarify that sex work is work. She was at a Lakers Bulls game over the weekend, and she was in. She was hired for someone's thirty second birthday party. So she's hired at the thirty second birthday party. There's going to be some, you know, like twerking and having fun, and everybody's having drinks. So, within the view of fans who looked into the box, you know, she's twerking, and people are like, you know, raining money on her. Who is that? And and the United Center, the home of the Bulls, released a statement like, "We do not fucking condone this." Pretty much, very angry about it. And it's you know what, like shampoo. Ever since then, Pretty Rebel's phone has been blowing up, and she's getting much more work, and she is you know making a living for herself. So. Y'all, United Center can stay mad. <laughs> shampoo, shampoo, pretty rebel. I'm gonna need some get shampoo it. later shampoo. when I look her up. Yeah, fucking yeah, fucking get it. Yeah, <laughs> use shampoo. I don't care. Shampoo, <laughs> pretty rebel. Shampoo to you, girl. Shampoo. All right. Oh, a little bit more sports related. Uh, <laughs> a mean, third of four shampoos. <laughs> Chauncey Billups with one of the most insane wins in NBA sports betting history. Jesus Murphy. Lay it on me, Scott. All right. So the his his Blazers were a 19.5 per uh, point underdogs to the Minnesota T-Wolves because the Blazers were missing four starters, including Damian Lillard. Yes. I mean, Damian Lillard enough. Like, just to not have Damian Lillard and pull this off would be Miraculous, but yeah. you're missing four out of your five starters. Four out of the five starters, Jesus! <laughs> and you upset the T Wolves, who are still who made all those offseason trades. The T Wolves didn't they get like everybody? Oh, it doesn't matter what we think. If if Vegas thought that this was impossible, then they have all the evidence in the world because they. I, I swear they they win all the time. Yeah. You know? So for him to pull this off, to me, it it was a it was you know. It's coaching, man. It's coaching. It's like it, he had to have motivated these guys. It's not like them underestimating a particular player or situation or scenario. They, you know, they cross all their T's on that shit. Vegas does. So, I mean, to me, that's got to be the hardest thing to do is to really pull off something like that. And, uh, you know, hats off to you, Chancey Billups. Uh, shampoo, my friend. Shampoo. And what, our fourth shampoo. Also a coach, uh, Bob Knight. Bobby. Shampoo. Um, 
was recently released from the hospital. Yeah, he'd been uh, sick with an undisclosed illness. Yeah, they didn't know if he was going to come out of it or not. They were actually showing, um, and I sent, I sent one to you, Scott, but they were like showing all, digging up all these old clips of him. You know, people were like already like in memoriam in him, basically, <laughs> because they didn't know what was going to happen with him. But uh, the one I sent to Scott was, it was this rant of Bob Knight going off for five minutes. They asked him about Michael Jordan. And he just doesn't stop talking. He's like, well, you know, this guy wants to win more than anyone else. And I think because of that, he's like one of the best basketball players I have ever seen in my life. He also is one of the most athletic uh, players I've ever seen in my life. And for that, he, he seems like one of the best basketball players I've ever seen in my life. And by the end of it, he just goes, Michael Jordan is, and this is when he's still at UNC. Yeah. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player I have ever seen in my life. He said this about Michael Jordan before anyone, you know, before, gotta be like Mike, before any of this shit. I mean, Bob Knight knew. Shampoo. He knew. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, remember, Bob Knight has been old for 30 years. That's why everyone so, just thought he wasn't going to pull out of it. They're like, well, it's Bob Knight. Well, they, they were like pre-obiting him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, like, uh, I mean, shampoo, Bob. Shampoo. I hope you feel better. You know, maybe stay in the chair. Don't throw any chairs. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll calm you down here a little bit in your old age. <laughs> I would love to see a Willie Nelson era of Bob Knight. Get home, put your red sweater back on. and <laughs> We got 420 in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know? just listen to Chillax. our... Listen to Wherever Sheed Wallace episode. Listen to some King Gizzard and calm down. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join this conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, April 20th, as we induct Rashid Wallace as part of our local organic grass-fed 420 special. Authentic. Cough, cough. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always. Always.